Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul, we're super excited to have Diane Richardson. She is considered one of today's leading authorities on human sexuality. She has previously written seven books on how in practical ways a person can experience a more fulfilling sex and love life. Born in South Africa in 1954, she first qualified as a lawyer and then trained as a massage therapist. Her interest in the body and healing prompt an intense personal exploration into the union of sex and meditation. Since 1993, together with her partner, Michael, she has been sharing her insights and experiences with couples who travel from many different parts of the world to participate in their informative and life-changing Making Love workshops in Switzerland. And today, Diana is joining us from Switzerland, and we're super excited. We're going to be talking about her new book she has written for young adults called Cool Sex. Thank you for joining us wow so sweet well bless you for inviting me it's an honor yes Yes. thank you for being with us for 2021 it would be amazing to start setting an intention with each one of our podcasts and I was thinking that an intention I would like for today is just to educate people and help them to further their oneness and connection with whoever is in their life, whether it's a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. So that was kind of my intention was just to, you know, help people connect on a soul level. What would your intention be? Um, you know, for sure in the same way as you, but I would also say to help connect with ourselves. Yes. You know, in all the teaching and all the exploration I've done and the teaching I've done, the first step that I, I show people is we need to be able to connect with ourselves, but not in some airy fairy way, but start to feel your body. Mm, because yeah, your body, yeah. your body is uh, the basic reality. And we kind of grow up in a society where all the education is about the mind and, and very little about the body. You know, it might be in your school life, you know, a couple of hours a week, but there's, you know, we're not actually taught how to walk, how to stand, how to sit, how to eat. You know, so these are basic functions and then let alone sex. My intention is, you know, to to encourage people to be more interested in, in the body, but not from the outside, really from the inside. I listened to your TED talk and you talk a lot about that awareness, that body awareness, which Shanna and I always say that getting a sense of your soul starts with that awareness. Yes. So can you talk about that awareness for a moment? You know, generally speaking, our attention is outside of ourselves. So where we're monitoring everything, we're more aware of what is going on outside of ourselves than actually what's happening inside of ourselves. And, and when I say inside of yourself, you know, it's not, it's about beginning to give value to the subtle happenings in your body. You know, we very much imprinted around the body with them. Um, sensation and intensity but this all takes us away you know really from the inner so the way I always work with people and and myself is you find a place in your body that feels like easy for you to connect it I call it like an inner home when you find yourself in thought you know you come back to the body so this requires awareness we're so tense often 
you know, we're clenching here, we're clenching there, that awareness of just softening the body. And the moment you soften the body, it'll take a breath or a few breaths, yeah. you know, or alternatively, and, you know, you bring awareness to your breath. Very often how we are physically in our bodies is very contorted and collapsed. But, you know, if you bring some level of alignment and awareness inside, you know, then it, it has a certain radiance and a grace. Awareness is just basic to a more fulfilled way of living. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Can you tell me, Diana, how does one go from lawyer to massage therapist? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I grew up in apartheid South Africa. And naturally, the, the impulse was to do something to, to help the people, you know, the oppressed ones. And um, so I did six years at university. And honestly, I was in the courts for a while and, and just so awful what was happening there in the sense of prejudices in the eyes of the people. So all the magistrates, all the judges, um, you know, it just depended what color you were. So I just thought if I stay being a lawyer, it's a life of the mind. I want a life of the heart and touch. And I always had since a kid this, this love of touching. And so then I just got a book and started and it's something I kind of knew to do. And then I left South Africa, went to the UK, did massage courses, started teaching massage. And I think it's really the one step I am so happy about. Really that body connection and that love of giving massage and um, that actually led me to inquire about sex. So it was this like little journey. So yeah, like you, you know, you've probably massaged thousands of kilometers. <laughs> yes, yes. For me, that's how I started working with energy work. And part of it was because I was taking on their symptoms. <laughs> That was my first like real psychic thing that happened to me. I was unaware of at the time, but I had a list of symptoms when I went to the doctor and more than half of them were my client's symptoms. <laughs> wow. Intense. Yeah. It only happened to me once where I was massaging a very psychic lady and I just totally oh. took on everything. But what I found, you know, the more I anchored in my body mm -hmm. and and then then that was less likely to happen right and which i had no tools of so that's yes, why i always yes. say to you know people coming into this you must be rooted you must be grounded and protected otherwise good luck <laughs> right yeah um and actually it was while i was giving massage that i started to experiment with relaxation Mm -hmm. and just looking to see the more I relaxed, the more the person relaxed, the more deep I was in myself, the deeper the other one was. And, you know, when I relaxed my pelvic floor, that had an impact on the quality of my touch. So mm -hmm. when I started to experiment in, in lovemaking, the, exactly all those keys I started to do in lovemaking and it totally changed the, the, the picture. So today I call those you know, especially my first book uh, that I wrote in 1996, you know, I call them the love keys. And they also mentioned in this cool sex book, but a lot of them are what I discovered in massage. And it's actually beautiful because these, all these things are not separate. Yeah. Do you know, it's like if you're a teacher and standing in front of a class of people, and if you relax, it has an impact on right. how you convey things, how they are received. And I've had many people like lawyers and singers and just saying, wow, just, you know, putting those things into daily life, you know, aside mm -hmm. from lovemaking has an impact. 
I was just thinking when you were saying that, like as a mother with a baby, I remember with my first child, I was very stressed and I was like, why is this child crying so much? But you know, by my fourth kid, I had it. And so she was a lot more calmer. I was calmer. Mm -hmm. And so it's true. And I think that for myself, I'm not aware of that enough. Yes. I've had parents um, tell me this about new babies. Mother or the father goes really deep into themselves. The baby just relaxes, you know, it's so fascinating. It is. Yeah. I was trying to calm my puppy down last night. She was super hyper and nibbling on us and tugging on our sweatshirts. And so I just decided to center myself and root myself in the living room. And I'm not even kidding you. My husband and my daughter were shocked because the second I just calmed myself, the puppy just like laid right in my lap and went to sleep. You know, it's so true. It's amazing. And I love this conversation because I don't think we talk about it enough how our energy can really affect everything and everyone around us. I think that we need to talk about this more. Yeah. I mean, just to talk about dogs, I had an experience. I was living in Italy um, in a rented house and some people had a little dog outside that they tethered to a tree close to our bedroom window. And it was yapping, yapping, yapping. And there was nothing to do because it wasn't my dog. And so I decided I'm going to go and visit that dog. And honestly, like from inside my body, I kind of reached through the wall, went outside, you know, just just energetically took myself there. And when I felt that I touched that dog, it stopped barking. I couldn't believe it. It is extraordinary what is possible through people being more centered, more anchored in themselves, more relaxed. You said that you kind of dove into massage therapy and that led you into doing some more research. Is sex education something that you got through a school, through books, through people, through workshops, retreats, or all of the above? None of the above. Oh, okay. <laughs> really through, through personal experience. I mean, I did get some inputs. I had two sources. One was um, Osho, uh, mm-hmm. an Indian master. He kind of um, reinterpreted the ancient tantric scriptures and there was just a few things that he said that I cottoned on to and then there was also an Australian master Barry Long who you know was also he he did a, a couple of CDs called Making Love in, in the early 80s and I listened to those and he says he says you know you really need to admit that you don't know how to make love in order to work with changing the way you make love I couldn't at that moment say that, but five years later, I came back. And so I listened to those CDs and put it into practice. And whatever I read in Osho's books, I put into practice. So it was really a completely organic thing. It was for my own love life, sex life. And I didn't have any, fortunately, many people do have traumatic experiences through sex. So it was just out of curiosity. You know, I experimented very intensely. I was living in India. Most of the time was in bed. And um, just observing and observing and practicing and trying things out and observing, (laughs) not trying to make any conclusions, having no goal. And then, you know, things just start to get clear. So the the way it kind of felt was like having a bird's eye view, you know, on something. Uh, You're very close to something. And the more you go into it, the further away you get from it. So you you can see more. And then because I was living in a, in a commune, people started to come to me and ask me questions. And I found, oh, I can answer these questions. And then that led organically to offering retreats and teaching and um, writing a book. And yeah. the first book I wrote, The Heart of Tantric Sex, 
the reason I wanted to write a book was to see if, if I could write in words what I felt in my body. And I really enjoyed it. And the book has actually turned out to be quite a, a success. But so the whole thing has had no mind in it or no, no kind of a goal. So it's kind of also, you know, it's like, oh, wow, you know, you just take these little steps. And then today here we are talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was the first generation on both sides of my family that I actually had a child before getting married. And I definitely think I've told my children, you better try it out before you make a commitment for the rest of your life. <laughs> this book, Cool Sex, is really geared toward young people, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, age range 14 to 25, but even adults read it and, you know, participants in my retreats, they say, wow, this book is really good. It's like a synopsis. You know, sex is just, it's natural. There has been a lot of sex repression, you know, through different rules from the society and so on. And people are having sex much younger. I mean, I was 18, but many girls that are younger than me now, they were 14, 15, some 13. And it's also... You know, if you have a little information, it makes a difference. But then parallel what we've got developing over some years is uh, pornography. Now, since it's uh, it was in books and films and so on, but since online, it's giving a very, very specific and one-sided view of the situation, which then people, that's kind of like the education. They see that and they think, okay, that's how we do it. And then that puts girls in difficulties. They think they've got to reproduce this to be loved or lovable, puts men in difficulties or boys that they've got to perform in this way, you know, and they don't realize that actually this is just uh, created. It's not even real. You know, it's all put together. It's just a, a show. Plus, you know, that is imprinting the brain and the images and um, the wiring. So, in fact, it's becoming more and more important. And it's not in any way to say that is wrong, but it's just we need to give another side. I'm so scared that, you know, when a child's like, oh, I wonder what a blowjob is. Well, let me look it up. I've heard that word, you know, or, you know, if, they, if they're curious, now they just have their little computers in their hand and in two seconds, a million porn sites, you know, and now they think that girls need to be porn stars, which I'm not a porn star and I would never want someone to treat my daughter this way. I know. And I was just going to add that sometimes I've even researched things that have nothing to do with porn or sex, but in it, it just, it tags it and somehow it pops up. So these kids are getting on there without intentionally trying to look at it, researching right. something for school and there it is. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a reflection of how important sex is, you know, that people are interested, but it's just one track. But even if you look at the movies, and any time you see two people coming together, they're all over each other. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's on top of the other one, which is a complete displacement of your attention or of your awareness. So one of the first things is you start, you know, to come back and be more centered in yourself. And, and so that when you come together with somebody, there's an energy between you. You know, if it's displaced, each one focusing on the other, actually, there's nothing really happening within the individuals themselves. So that is really one of the first things that I guide people into. And, is, you know, you've got to come back to this body. And that's why, you know, like this, we talked about in the beginning about this anchor point, you know, just having a reference or the breath or softening your body so that we come with our presence, you know, because that is the problem in sex. We're not really there. You know, we're all kind of hectic and 
over the other and trying to get somewhere, you know, basically trying to build up intensity, which leads then to a peak. So this is where, you know, right quite aside from porn, where we need some education, you know, to slow it down, to cool it down, to reduce the sexual temperature, because you can also really have a fine time operating at a lower level temperature. And the thing is with building up too much heat and intensity and stimulation is that leads to premature ejaculation. You know, that's very distressing for a man, disempowering or, you know, creates a lot of self-doubt. And within that time, it's also very difficult for women, you know, to have any meaningful experience because often the time frame is very short. So the whole love exchange can be stretched yeah. and through reducing the sexual temperature. And so that's why the title is, is Cool Sex. Cool Sex. You know, oh, cool love it. Well, I tell you, sometimes I like that quick thing, you know, just like real quick, you know, you know, I got stuff to do, you know, you gotta go to work. When one's not ready or one doesn't want to, or woken up out of a dead sleep, you know, or this is all the time we have, we have to do it quick, fast before the baby wakes up, you know, life kind of gets in the way of sex sometimes. Yes, no, for sure. Look, quickies are great. You know, but you can still be present in your quickie. There you go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so what is the difference about this book to your other books? Essentially, there's a congruence. And, you know, so it's not like in one book you're saying this and another book you're saying that. That just wouldn't make sense. Isn't it in four different languages? Yes, yes. German, oh, yeah. French, Spanish, and, and now English. It's a shorter book. It's not so elaborate. And easier for younger people to go through and absorb okay and, i like it so we i how do you feel about multiple sex partners then you could fall in love many times in many ways and i think that like you said how sex is natural you know i mean i'm not thinking like you know like a monkey or something you know going around and just picking whoever but even with monkeys though i think they choose generally a family i mean what how do you feel about that well I never wanted to be married and I never wanted children. So I'm not really the person to talk to. (laughs) You know, I always felt about marriage. If somebody wants to leave me or if I want to leave somebody, we need to be free to go. I agree. I do too. I used to not feel that way. I feel that way now. It's like we don't own each other in that way. Yeah, I mean, we don't own each other in that way. And I think, you know, we do have a very possessive story around the partner. And it's a possession that leads to jealousy mm-hmm. and um and and people think jealousy is love or possession is love it's not love do you know you know what i'm saying so yeah i do that attachment is not yes no. and if, if we were not so um if our society was not so on the nuclear or the I'm, I'm sure this is all learned behaviors you know we'd be much more relaxed there would be much less unhappiness um is this book exclusively for female and males connections look it is because that's my experience okay you know and one cannot teach something that's not the experience not to say that i haven't had intimacies with women but definitely and it's actually mentioned in the book any gender orientation any two people coming together can work with awareness with Mm -hmm. being more present uh, with relaxation with not being so focused on the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously some specifics, and this is difficulty because with hetero, you have the penis vagina thing, which is another le- not a level, but it's another aspect. So we have addressed that, you know, gender yeah. situation yeah. in the book. So th- there is a lot that can be drawn out of that. 
Okay. You know, and me uh, and Shanna are the same way. It, a lot of times when on our podcast, we mention that we only like to speak on experience. So, yes. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, you know, it is possible to circulate energy within yourself as an individual, mm-hmm. which is desirable to, regardless of whether, um, who you're with. Right. You know, so that is one of the benefits of this kind of, you know, being more anchored in the body approach. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between mind-filled sex and mindful sex? <laughs> well, it's, um, you know, mind-filled sex is a lot about fantasy, a lot about expectations, a lot about ideas. And mindful sex is this whole quality of awareness and bringing more, coming back, you know, from being more, what I, I say, from being up and out to being in and down and um, so you know mindful sex you know it's it's things we've already mentioned you know like if you soften your body or a man relaxes his buttocks and anus or woman her vagina it changes the whole the whole energy you know it also you need mindfulness in the sense of okay now things are getting a bit hot we can just relax you know oops now a little overexcitement we can just relax because every time you catch yourself and relax there's an expansion of energy within you and it's empowering so it's like people think of relaxation as like collapsing Mm -hmm. you know just suddenly going dead yeah um, (laughs) you know but it's it's when we are physically tight our body energy is compressed Mm -hmm. and as soon as we relax it expands and that's actually what everybody is longing for is expanded experiences they don't know it yeah but when you have an expanded experience, those are the ones that you remember. Mm-hmm. And they can stay with you for your whole life. Like you will remember that moment. And you might not understand why, but it's because you were like, you know, everything was wide, you know, but how we are in mind filled sex is, is we totally in the mind and the whole body is not in the picture and it's just compressed. So it's kind of like a leakage in a way, you know, but when you kind of come in and down and relax and, you know, then you get filled with that that vitality so there is um there is a, a big difference between the two but you know it, it has to be tried out the mind can't grasp it yeah well and i loved how you talked about how mind-filled sex consists of all these expectations i'm not going to say we i'm going to say i always go into it with kind of expectations and shannon knows one of my favorite things is expectations equal future resentments And so sometimes I do feel, honestly, a little resentful after like, wow, really? That's it? (laughs) Or wow, I wasn't present. I suck. And there's kind of some negative self-talk because of those expectations. I think it's hard to sometimes be present because you're so, you're feeling so insecure about things. Is my tummy too fat? Does my butt look good? I can't see. Does this angle look better? You know, I mean, you're in your mind worried about your insecurities, not just, you know, performance, but also your physical. Absolutely. And, you know, and this is really like because we have an objective view of ourselves and that's why we need to get subjective and because anybody is beautiful. It's what presence and inner connection the person has. And then that, of course, changes your whole radiance and your whole quality of your connection. So the insecurity comes because you're on the outside of yourself. Okay, when you, when you get more anchored in yourself and more present in yourself, there can be 
a feeling of being maybe a little bit more more vulnerable or in fact, vulnerability is often openness and, and having the courage to do things, you know, a bit different. But, you know, this is the whole shift, really, you know, from mind to body. Yeah. But I think one thing about the whole focus on orgasm and this peak experience is that very often people do feel disconnected afterwards. Yeah. So you can have a lovely time. It can mm -hmm. be a great peak. But yeah. often there is this feeling of separation. And uh, we kind of think of it as past, part and parcel of, of sex. But when you make love for a longer, and also, you know, it's possible to make love without bringing it to a peak. And I'm not talking about ejaculation control, because that's something we absolutely don't recommend. But if you just stay in the relaxed zones and you don't bring it to a peak, you will feel the connection with the person connection stays so there, there's not this kind of depletion or loss of energy right. you, know, of course, okay. I, you know I'm talking um generally because some people say oh I feel so energized but um there's just often a feeling of separation you know and we know the jokes the man turns over snores and uh, women are just going like hallelujah what happened you know and feeling <laughs> abandoned and uh, you know kind of left it really is of value to you know, to try this whole thing with more awareness. But like you said, Shana, you know, there's not enough time, but we have to create time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mandy and I talk a lot about oxytocin. We talk about it's so important, some, you know, serotonin, melatonin, all these things that are released when you just love and when you meditate. What are the benefits for our bodies and brain and health-wise with having orgasm and sex like this? Well, you know, I really haven't, you know, in the book, there is a bit about all these things. I've never really given, paid them much attention. I just know <laughs> that when I have an expanded experience, an ecstatic experience, you know, I just feel so well and so yeah. flowering and empowered and shining and in love. Oh, I love that flowering. I <laughs> know <laughs> I love that. I've never... <laughs> never heard that used to describe it but I like that yeah <laughs> how do you suggest we talk to our children and at what age about sex I think it's a very delicate area mm -hmm. I think the, the the most important thing is that they learn from you through seeing and how you are being mm. yeah you know <laughs> your your quality of the relationship with your partner not to be too emotional and reactive and uh, toxic with each other because this creates fear in children so if you can have a harmonious loving environment then the children expand i mean look like i said you know i didn't have children it was a conscious choice and um, so i have not had to go through that but i know children generally do not like to even think that their parents have sex oh, right i never knew my embarrassed <laughs> never <laughs> Barry Long, he gave some advice, which I, you know, I, I do pass on to people. He said, you know, wait until they ask. Yeah. And when they ask, only answer what they ask. Don't give them a full download because parents suddenly think, whoops, here's this window. Boom. You know, yeah. I've had so many parents come to me and just say, you know, I'm, I'm 40 now, 50 now. I don't want my children to wait this long until they found out that information. So, I mean, it is possible. It depends on the vibration, the, the connection with your, or your child or teenager or whatever. Just ready to talk from the heart about yourself. I'm very raw as a parent. So I will actually say to my, my daughter, 
your father and I are going to go in the bedroom and make out for a while. No, that's absolutely <laughs> excellent. No, that's, that is perfect. And we're going to love on each other. And I need you to, uh, you know, take your little sister. And I'm very forward with her. And she giggles a little bit and rolls her eyes. But I'm just very open with her as I was with um, the topic about sex. Yeah, no, and, I, I think this, that's yeah. definitely, definitely, you know, if somebody is intelligent, you know, like yourself and open mm -hmm. and they can feel, you know, I can feel your lovingness right now, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, then that is great because then, you know, it's natural. And yeah. this thing of, you know, actually telling your young ones, we're going to make love. And that's what we in our retreats tell the parents, you have to tell the children, we need this time, we're going to make mm -hmm. love. I think a lot of parents are hearing this new wording that's, that's being thrown out there and taking it to manipulate their teenagers. And what the wording is, is that there's this spiritual exchange. So you're taking on the other person's energy. And if you have sex with them, you're taking on their baggage, their problems. Now, to a degree, we know that an energy exchange is, can be very powerful, but they're using it to manipulate their kids to not have sex. I've been hearing that a lot. That's <laughs> What are your thoughts on that? Do you feel that when you have sex with someone, you're going to exchange that energy and you're going to be taking on all their negativity forever? No, no, it's not, it's not, you know, I, I, I'm in myself, I'm fully in the awareness and the flow and it's an exchange and you yeah, know. but if you're not in an awareness, I think it could be the same thing as when you're a massage therapist and you take on their pain yes. or if you're sitting next to them and having a conversation. Right. I would think even more intimately. I mean, that's my opinion. I would definitely see that. Well, I think, you know, people need to be conscious of who they're choosing to make love. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that the person needs to have enough love in them. Yeah. Especially for, for young girls, you know, yeah. wait to make love until there is love enough. You know, then it's a beautiful experience, but often I it's love. exploitative in different ways. No? Yeah. Thank you for um, that beautiful wording. You know, Shanna and I really think that self-love and learning to get to know yourself first before you do this is so important. We're not taught self-love. So here we are looking for happiness outside of us. And the act of sex is done in a way to fulfill our love for ourselves, And it's not going to work. It's, um, you know, projected outwards thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so this is why the body is so important that you develop from young a body awareness. You know, this is again, you know, children do imitate their parents. And I've seen right. it so often. The father sits like this. The son will sit like this. The mother stands awesome. like that. The daughter mm -hmm. will stand like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the sports and things are very competitive and so on. The yeah. things like Tai Chi and Qigong and things that are more feminine, that take people into the body. This is what is needed. But this is something that a person can develop or go into at any point in their lives. But children should be massaged. Right. Yeah. They should be massaging each other. But instead, you know, there's almost this like touch fear. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is generational too. And I see that these younger kids who are more open, because we've allowed them to be a little bit more open. Right. Maybe that will change. But you're right. Touch is so important. Right. And even self-touch, and I'm not talking about in a stimulating way, just massaging your own body. Oh, yes. So it's just awesome yeah. what one can do for oneself, you know, to liberate tensions, liberate fears, and 
but just basically the body is not given enough um, it's taken for granted and basically our minds are yeah. our minds are our bodies are there to carry our minds around but if you can be more present in your body in the here and now you just yeah. have an easier life right mm -hmm. with every in every area do you think of sex as very sacred is it a sacred practice well i mean if there's love in it that's good enough for me oh, you know, know. I, i'm a bit of a simple creature um i love it <laughs> i love you that. know it's like for sure, light some candles, put some incense, make the room beautiful. But if you bring awareness and love into it, it's sacred. But it's not like I'm doing sacred sex. Right. In fact, sacred is scarcely a word I use when I'm teaching, working with people. Why is that? Because it just seems like too high of an expectation to get to sacred. You know, it's again working with the ideas, you know, and expectation. Okay. Instead of the yeah. simplicity of, and I come in the awareness and come together and in my yeah. senses and so on so again it's something higher it's not you know sacredness is something that will emerge or not okay right and if it doesn't it's also fine yeah. you know if there's if there's love it doesn't have to be sacred mm -hmm. you know I, I just think it's a word that just puts ideas and then those then create another kind of level of separation mm -hmm. you know within a person a disconnection so i am um, you know, for sure, I've had many experiences, a variety of experiences, but were they sacred? Probably, but not as the way I register. No, it was just like awesome, you know, or right. juicy or delicious or wild, you oh, know. Flowery, so, flowery. flowery. <laughs> <laughs> so much more grounded, you know, people get a bit, a bit airy fairy. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. You're not yeah. levitating. <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> so can you give us an example of an exercise in your book so there's you know one scanning the body and relaxing you know different parts you tighten up and you relax and tighten up and relax another one with energizing the pelvis you know bring energy back into the body you know with kind of opening the legs and, and closing them with different sounds and so on and mm -hmm. um, quite a few different ones for women to bring more attention into the breasts the men into into the perineum anything works yeah you know my partner and i used to like to dance a lot and yes. and actually still sometimes that is such a it could be such a starter of something just the closeness and sensing like the energy between you and him and that kind of before anything yeah. sexual you know that's that is fantastic to, yeah. to have a dance you know to, to come into the body first you know yeah even dancing by yourself yeah yeah, absolutely. Right. Have you seen The Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow? No, it's a movie on Netflix. Yeah, she has one on what we're talking about, where she has women put a mirror in between their legs and get to know themselves and like understand their vagina. And it's interesting how many women don't know what they look like or what happens or the the nerves in different areas it's it's so funny that we have been brought up to have no education and no knowing of our own yes. bodies no one yes, wants to talk about it nobody told me that after four kids my vagina was gonna baby fall out 
And then when I went to the doctor and they filled me up with a bunch of water and the guy told me to cough, I thought, are you crazy? I had four kids. You know, it was insane. But like, no one ever talked to me about those things. It's not even friends, nobody. So I, I was like, I do. I talk about it with people because you should know what's happening inside of your body. I remember when I was a student in South Africa, a law student, a few of us friends, a bunch of us women, we went and we photographed each other's vaginas and pubic areas. And really? we had a wall full of wow. venom. Wow. so well, it, beautiful to it, see. A flower. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's actually a very beautiful thing and that's kind of what she's doing in the episode okay. yeah it's called the goop lab it's it's a really cool series that they did okay. there's so much shame in society around this i love how and of course in the you know the 60s free love was was acceptable and society has changed that now and then you add in religion and on all of these um, AIDS and so on yeah yeah yes and so it's so much shame around it because you're right they get sex ed in high school for maybe what like a couple hours now they and blame it all on Eve you know they blame it all on a woman and an apple you know for the shame of our body yeah 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 Thank you for writing all of these books and with such grace talking about something that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. Well, honestly, you know, it's just lovely to feel both of your different um, openness and, and really living life in a true and real way, doing this podcast and everything. Can you tell our listeners where they can find all of your books? And can you talk a moment about the retreats? That, and I'm sure those have changed a little bit with COVID. But can you just maybe also tell them your website? It is livinglove.com. There actually is a book section and there you'll see all my books. But if you type the name Diana Richardson to Amazon or something, you they will come up. The retreats are seven days residential necessary to do this inner anchoring getting people to feel themselves from the inside out and that's why I need seven days you know so that people really can leave with um, a new inner experience what we call more connection to the inner body we have dancing we have different movement meditations we have tai chi then we do for about an hour and a half every day um, what we call an orientation step by step going deeper and deeper into sex so we start on on a relatively not superficial superficial but a first level and then the next day another level and going down you know really to the, the healing possibilities of sex and so on and couples have time to practice and so that's a very important part because you can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it but actually to get down to do it so there the whole there's a structure you know, the, the space is held, meals are provided, and then they have some hours to make love. And then we do different kinds of bodywork uh, exchange, but it's always totally within the one couple. It's a personal experience. It's an individual, you as an individual and as a couple. It's not like the group is doing something together. It's, it's very private. Uh, people, nice. there's no exposure. You can share if you want to. You, you don't have to say mm -hmm. something. You can be yeah. quiet the whole week. You don't even have to even say hello to us. It's fine. So Diane, we have this thing on Sense of Soul where we ask our guests to break that shit down. We call it our BTSD. And what that is, is just leaving our listeners with something that's on your heart. 
And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. Your body is the bridge to reality. The more you can honor, respect, and live inside your body, this brings a whole radiance, you know, to your being, to your life, and you will just feel much more secure, more confident, and the more you can connect with yourself, the easier it is to connect with other people. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I don't like little surprises like that. <laughs> <laughs> you did wonderful. You did great. Thank you so very much. Bless yeah. you, Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.